Welcome to the Crimson Flow Ministry Podcast, episode number 46. Hello, I'm Charles Caps. In addition to listening to us from your favorite podcast app, we invite you to visit our website at charlescapscrimsonflowministries.net. All one word, all in lowercase letters, amen. And we like to bring forth Proverbs 23 and 23, which instructs us to buy the truth and sell it not. When you get the truth, you never let it go. It also instructs us to buy and sell not wisdom and instruction and understanding. And we're going to do this as we move to the message. Amen. I'd like to call the name of this podcast, All Scripture is Given. Many of you already know that I'm going to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. So we'll go there. Paul writing to Timothy said, All, not part, not some, but all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in right, in righteousness. Amen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's a good thing. It's good for doctrine. It's good for reproof. It's good for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That, verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, a lot of people don't like that word good works, but it's there. It's something that we're supposed to do. It's something that we're supposed to have. Amen. And you see, our first task is to define what the all scripture is that Paul is talking about to Timothy. Amen. See, it wasn't Paul's letters that he wrote to the various churches. It'd be many years before any of Paul's writings became canon and then included in Bibles. Amen. It wasn't the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because they hadn't been written yet either. There wasn't anybody walking around with a New Testament tucked up under their arm saying, we don't need the Old Testament and its laws because we have grace. No, you see, friend, that would come several hundred years later when the church, and not God, decided to throw away any reference to the Torah. So what is this all scripture that Paul is talking about? It's the writing of Moses. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We call these writings the Torah or the law. The church hates the word law so much that it will not listen to anyone who says anything about the law. Amen? You see... From where I'm at, it'd be such a good thing if the church could get that light bulb illuminating moment and understand that Torah, or law, simply means doctrine or teaching, the same as the New Testament does. Now, why would you rebel against or refuse the commandments of the Torah when you're repeatedly admonished in the New Testament to keep the commandments? You see, Yeshua, Jesus, I'll always say Yeshua, understand that I'm talking about Jesus, if that's what you call him. Yeshua said in John 14 and 15, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I got to ask, how is the church doing on keeping those commandments? How is the church doing on keeping the commandments that Yeshua told us to keep? 
the answer is not very well because we don't like rules. We don't like to have any rules governing over us, and we like the liberty of grace to continue in sin. Folks, Yeshua came to save his people from their sins, not to have them continue in sin. The church needs to wake up and learn how to truly repent and walk as Yeshua walked. Do what he did. Keep the commandments that he kept. Keep the Sabbaths and the feasts that he kept. Amen? But wait, Charles, you might say, Yeshua's commandments were different than the Torah. Really? In John 15 and 10, Yeshua told us, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. That's good. Then he said, Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Amen? Over and over and over again, Yeshua told us that he speaks nothing of himself except what the Father commanded him to speak. The words that he spoke to us were the Father's words. He spoke nothing of himself. And he always did the Father's will. Amen? It's all through the scriptures. The Father's commandments and Yeshua's commandments are one and the same. Amen? To say that the Old Testament is done away with and that all of the law is nailed to Yeshua's cross is saying God made some big mistakes. Folks, the God that I serve has never made a mistake, and his word never changes. Amen? For he is a God that what cannot lie. Amen? In Malachi 3 and 6, he says, I am the Lord. I am Jehovah. I change not. Friend, if you've not studied the Old Testament, you're lacking in your foundation. From beginning to end, there are types and shadows and prophecy of Yeshua's coming, which are so rich and so beautiful. Amen? In the fifth chapter of John, as the Jews sought to kill Yeshua, he told them in verse 39, he said, Search the Scriptures. Again, that would be Torah, the prophets, and the other writings. Those are the scriptures that he's talking about, Yeshua here. He said, search the scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testified me. Just makes me want to praise Jehovah for his salvation to us of his son, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Let's look now at what is called the temptation of Messiah. In the fourth chapter of Matthew, when Yeshua had fasted 40 days and nights, he became hungry. The tempter, the devil, came to him saying, if he was the son of God, to turn stones into bread. Yeshua replied, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, most of you knew this, but do you know where it's written? And why it was written? You see, that's where your study comes in. And that's where you can't throw away the Old Testament because it comes from Deuteronomy 8 and 3. When Father was testing the people to see if they would keep his commandments or rules about the bread from heaven called manna. Amen. Hasatan, ha in the Hebrew meaning thee, 
and Satan being Satan. Hasatan took Yeshua to the pinnacle of the temple and said, If you're the Son of God, jump down from here, for it's written, Whoa, 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 look here. Who's quoting the scriptures now? And who knows where it's written? The devil is. Amen? If you're the Son of God, you just jump down from here, for it's written, in Psalms 91 and 12, it's written how the angels have charge over Yeshua and that they would bear him up lest Yeshua dash his foot against the stone. Although what Satan said, how Satan said was true, Yeshua replied, it is also written. So one verse and a reply of a verse, a scripture. Because the scriptures were not broken down into chapter and verses at that time. Amen. Although what Satan said is true, Yeshua replied that it's also written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, which is found in Deuteronomy 6 and 16. Then uh, Hasatan took Yeshua to a high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, to Yeshua, if you'll worship me, I'll give you all of these. Yeshua rebuked Satan and told him, It's written, Thou shalt wor worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Yeshua rebuked Hasatan, and he told him, It's written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, Jehovah, and only him shalt thou serve. That scripture is found in Deuteronomy 6 and 13. At that point, the devil left from Yeshua. And the angels ministered unto him. Hallelujah. Now, here's something you should know. The Apostle Paul kept the seventh-day Sabbath 84 times in the book of Acts alone in obedience to the scriptures. The seventh day, Saturday Sabbath that God had rested on during creation and said, It is very good. Amen. The Sunday, first day of the week, has never been the Sabbath and never will be. Amen. It is the day of the sun when the bell worshipers congregate. If you call Sunday the Sabbath, you err. You also mock God by saying he made a mistake or that the unchangeable God somehow changes may mind to make uh, Sunday the Sabbath. That doesn't make good sense, does it? Paul, likewise, quoted the Torah or the law about the same amount of times in his epistles. Here's a little something to do. Every time you read where Paul quoted the Torah, run a cross-reference on it. Look it up and get the context of it. Amen? Now, you might have to read two or three chapters in front of it or behind it. You're never going to read just one verse to get the context. you gotta, you got you to gotta do some, some applying, some studying here. And that, when you get it in context, reading two or three verses ahead or behind, that's how you study the Bible. That's how you learn how all scripture is given by inspiration of God and apply it to your life. Amen.
Now, when Yeshua said, you've had it, heard it said from old time, thou shalt not commit adultery, he was quoting what? The seventh commandment, of course. He then went on to take the law from physical obedience. As long as you didn't touch the woman, you could do any looking or whatever you wanted to. And he took it from physical obedience to a higher standard. And that if you lusted after someone, that you have already committed adultery with that person in your heart. From carnal keeping of the commandment to spiritual keeping of it. We find Paul spending a good amount of time explaining the difference between fleshly circumcision and circumcision of the heart. Only the circumcision of the heart beareth reward. Amen? Paul also explained that keeping the law or doctrine as the seed of the bondwoman was born in the flesh. But who he who was born of the free woman was by promise. Amen? And we as Isaac was, are the children of promise. How? Through the applied blood of Yeshua HaMashiach in our lives, through faith and truth. Amen. Now, go and search the scriptures, the Torah, the law, the doctrine, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. I hope you got a little something out of this. God bless you. God keep you. Until next time, and let's keep all the scriptures. Amen.